Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death, and UFOs, and other creepy, Cults, weird, random ghosts. There you go. Yeah. No, uh, I'm just naming things in the room. Joined by the enforcer. Yeah. Joel. Can you hear it? It's uh, in my voice now. It's, it's a whole goddamn voice. attitude, okay? Joel's got a new jacket. Yeah. It's one of those slick jackets. It, it's what my they, man's, what okay? Silky? I don't know. Silk jackets, like yeah. the old baseball coach jacket. Yeah. For 80s. Yeah, the 80s. Yeah. Button Member, up. Members only jacket, I think. Button up, all black, silky, fucking smooth. If there's any fans out there of. Uh, one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, Arn Anderson. It yeah. is like the old Arn Anderson jacket. It's li- literally yeah. just like it. it. Says the enforcer on the back. Uh-huh. Uh, but then on the front, <laughs> right over my heart, right over his heart, are the letters <laughs> CC. Uh, those letters stand Cold and calculating. Cole Cash. Oh. <laughs> uh, he has my jacket now is what's going on. Uh, I can't wear it anymore. Uh, a little, little big, a little small for me. Oh, I thought it was just because you were afraid to enforce things. That's what it is. I thought you'd given up on enforcing. You know me. (laughs) You know me. I hate to enforce things. I hate to say things. No, definitely. You don't have to worry about now because I'm here to enforce. I called somebody a dickbag the other morning. I saw that. Yeah. I didn't know if you did it in your brain or just literally. Well, and cheats. Oh, yeah. Some dude looked like he just woke up, had Pittsburgh Steelers sweatpants on. (laughs) A Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope he didn't do anything else. Not, just not ex- sweatpants. Pajam- he just existed. You were like, "Hey, dick bag." <laughs> no pajama pants. Uh, a uh, like a winter hat, like with like the little furry ball on it uh-huh. of the Steelers. Oh my god! And then like some shitty hoodie, but like he was buying uh, uh, blunt like blunt wraps. Uh huh. And only had change, of course. <laughs> and uh, the the lady that works there, who I see her every morning. She's like the nicest old little lady. Yeah. Uh, she asks to see his ID. He throws a fit about it, of course, and acts like a dick. Well, then he pulls his wallet out and just like shoves it towards her face oh. with his ID showing. Yeah. And her just being like, okay, well, fuck you, says, uh, I need you to take it out. I need to actually see it. And then he throws another big tantrum. <laughs> uh, and I'm standing behind him. I'm already late for work. So this annoying. poor guy. He's the victim in your He's story so far. He's the victim so in this. Is he? So far. So then... Uh, <laughs> Then she, like, checks it, gives him his total, and he's short, like, 12 cents. Uh-huh. And, like, she didn't immediately say, you can just, like, don't worry about yeah. it or whatever. He throws this other big fit about how, like, now he's going to walk all the way home. So I just, I go, dude, just, I'll cover it. Uh, I was like, I have a quarter in my pocket. Yeah. Like, I got you, man. I was like, I just got to get to work. <laughs> and he, uh... Says something to her again about how the prices are too high. You can get whatever. And I go, all right, dick bag, let's go. <laughs> and I go, I'm covering it for you. You're good. Go. Yeah. And he like sleepily stum- like, stumbled off. He didn't. But, oh god, no. Oh. There's no way he would have ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, dude, like, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll yell at the old little woman, but yeah, yeah, no, he didn't. He wouldn't make eye contact with me. He's scared. But I was just like, dude, leave her alone. I hate that. Yeah, Parson, blah, blah, blah. yeah. He's like a younger guy. guy. Like, don't act like an old white guy. Yeah, like you're still young. <laughs> act like a normal human being for now. What a dick bag. Yeah, I was just annoyed. I don't like people 
talking shit to like people that make hardly any money dealing with the public. I don't like people talking. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're back after uh, we're actually two weeks in a row now. Yeah, impressive. Three maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think we took days. Thanksgiving, didn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we took Thanksgiving. Okay, so this is the second week in a row. Yeah. Seems like we get two or three and then we take a break. <laughs> I tried to get out today. Yeah. <laughs> you tried. Uh, uh, but, yeah, things are going well. Uh, we had a Thanksgiving. I think we have been back since then. Yeah. Um, we went to Athens today, did a little road trip. Uh, bought toys and toys. Yeah. And uh, records. Records, too. Things like that. So uh, the junction. We're back now, though. Last night, uh, you want to you want to talk what about happened about last, last night? night? Oh, we had our my comedy show mm-hmm. started at seven, not seven thirty. Right, you know, <laughs> it was weird though because it it was I, definitely a real late crowd. Like it was six fifty and nobody was there yet. Well, that's always the. Worst. And I was like, we had there's only room for four tables in there, and they were all sold out. Four tops each, you know, yeah. and then like, but by seven oh five. I mean, all everyone was at the tables. We had like people actually just sitting in seats, and you were there. I, sh- I made it right front row. We How many the, people you think were there? Uh, twenty four from or for twenty at the tables, twenty two, twenty four. Like me, Carla, and Aaron. There was like twenty five, twenty six. It seemed like there was with like the owner and that chick helping, and I mean, it seemed like by like the just like the laugh, like the noise from the laughing stuff. Uh-huh. Like it seemed like a bigger room. I yeah. Mean, it seemed like there was, I would have, like, because I would have thought, like, 50-some people, but I guess it wouldn't have been big yeah. enough for... Yeah, just, like, 20, 26, 27, so it was really... It was a good show. Hell of a show, yeah. Yeah, everyone had really a good, good time. Turnout. Good crowd. The... I did 15 minutes. It probably changed a lot of lives. <laughs> it changed mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, You're welcome. Because, uh, you know, every... It changed my life mostly because I, I keep a running tab of all the times I've heard your set. Yeah. So I got to add a new, a new mark, so that changed my life. You carve it right into your leg. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, room was set up cool. Yeah. It's in the basement of... Uh, that's Monster's Horde is in the basement. Yeah. I kind of like basement shows. It's pretty cool. There's I no windows. It. Yeah. There's no escape. So you can trap everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fun. Yeah, I honestly thought the show... I Like, I looked at that flyer, I don't know how many times. Uh-huh. Because I shared it, and like... <laughs> I, I thought doors opened at 7. Yeah, it's gonna be seven thirty. I'm also not used to like I'm used to wrestling shows where like the the time listed is the doors open. Yeah. Time. So comedy shows always start a little late too. I think we got started at around seven twenty. Yeah, because I got there right about. So yeah. you guys waited for me. Yep. <laughs> That's why I said I was like we're waiting for guys. Love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, wrestling shows. When I ran wrestling shows, my only thing was like, well, my main thing was we start on time. Yeah. Like whatever the fuck we said on the poster. Is the start time that it's so like because I hated being in the back at shows and You're hearing waiting. and hearing like uh, you know it was showtime and then I'd hear uh, pushing it back like twenty minutes oh. and then it'd be like hey we're getting started like twenty minutes later and then it's hey we're getting started in fifteen <laughs> and then you know fifteen would roll around and then it would be like uh, five more minutes guys yeah we got five more and it's <laughs> like can we please get this shit started like. Especially if I was like later on in the show, yeah. I'm just like in my head doing the math of like oh, I'm not getting out here till midnight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, waited. I'm glad I wasn't yeah. too late. We would get we we went past seven thirty. We would have gone. We would have started without. You. I was enjoying a very boozy drink at Applebee's at the time. I know you and your Applebee's on Friday night. <laughs> it was the first time I've been Applebee's. I mean, now you're new for that. People are like, where do you think I was like? It's a Friday Applebee's. Yeah. They renamed it Cashelby's. Nah. Uh, 
they had, they they had like a, they did. a drink called like something or like a reindeer. Uh-huh. And it came with a uh, a little Santa gummy on the like oh whatever. And the guy that made it like put the Santa gummy all the way to the bottom. So then once I got done, I grabbed that thing like. Good God, was that boozy. Like, oh, yeah. So much booze absorbed. Alcohol gummy. gummies. Yeah. Wow. Not as good as uh, <laughs> certain other gummies. But. So we made it. Good show. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Thank Paul you. was great as usual. I like to be funny. You were funny. According uh, to our ad, I like to be funny. Carlin Haggerty was there. Yeah. He was good. Yep. Uh, he did. He's very, uh, uh, what'd, you, what'd you say, like, uh, very... Um, Raunchy, yeah, I guess. Raunchy uncle. Raunchy uncle, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's definitely the raunchy uncle. Makes, <laughs> makes people uncomfortable from time to time. Uh, yeah, good to see comedy back. Uh, Monsters Ford planning yep. on doing Friday night open mics. Yep, every Friday night, three one three Putnam Street, Marietta, Ohio. What time are those starting? Oh Lord, let's say seven again, <laughs> okay. six or seven. Uh, there'll be music, music, uh, poetry, comedy. interpretive dance. Okay. Puppet puppeteering. Can I just like come talk about my cards and stuff? I think yeah, man, sure. I think just like fire blowing is probably about one thing that they probably, probably would. Yeah, that, I wouldn't man. do that. Yeah, he's got a lot of cool toys. Pretty there. sure that place would go up quick. A lot of cool toys and vinyl, vinyl and metal, metal, metal yeah. And wax. Yeah, I don't know a lot about how the wax, but I know like he makes the wax very waxy. Yeah. Yeah. How records are made is still mystery to us. <laughs> so nothing with fire, but like if you just you know want to do singing or comedy or poetry, you know, come okay. on out. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I'm not gonna be there every Friday, but I'll be there. Some I think I might Fridays. just show up and just you know just talk about things I like. Yeah, point and stuff. Like my name's Josh. Hi. <laughs> uh, oh. Act like you think it's an AA meeting. What else? What else? <laughs> what I was else? waiting for you to do that last night. I wanted oh, it so bad. Nope. I wanted uh-uh. a good what else. Not, uh-uh. not like, yeah. because you could, I, just because I think it's funny. Like, I want you to purposely do yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about that afterwards. Like, I laughed at the open mic on Thursday because one of the comics was like, what, what else? What? And I just laughed. I was the only person in bar that laughed. It's so good. I know. Um, so I, I like to do an open mic and then like a regular show today. It was fun doing comedy back-to-back nights, Thursday and Friday. I kind of want to do a set again just so I can, between every joke, do. What else? What else? Anyway. What else? Like, between every yeah. single. <laughs> what else is going on? What else? What do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> uh, What's so going on in your world? We got, uh, we got a story, okay. a, little, a little interesting story from history. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, current... Um, investigation happening out in Idaho. Multiple murders. Four people were stabbed yeah. to death in oh. their sleep. How the fuck are you going to... Man, gonna okay, talk I got to talk about it. And then uh, Joel's got to feel good. Yeah. So, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's get all... Let's, let's get let's, into let's it. Let's fucking... Let's get straight into it. So, we are going to talk about a man named Benjamin Lay. He was an abolitionist, a vegetarian, pacifist... Uh, What's that? Abolitionist meant he was uh, against slavery. Okay. He fought against slavery. That's what I thought. I was making sure you knew. (laughs) Thank you. Good job. He was uh, gender conscious. Uh, He was anti-capitalist. He was environmentalist. Okay, what's gender ginger, gender, gender conscious? Gender conscious basically means he wanted uh, equal rights for men. At the time, men and women. All right. Like, this was way before a lot more. Okay. It's not like today's gender. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Which I support all of it. Yeah, I mean, just for the record, I was just curious. What I'm this down guy. with whatever. Yeah. Uh, he was also a Quaker, um, which was like you know kind of like an Amish or religious some group. Shit. Oh, religious group. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. Um, he was also a dwarf. 
No. Oh. Uh, and had a hunchback. Oh, that was uh, a little detail you left out at first. I was getting there. Little he, detail. Oh. <laughs> oh no, it starts. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to keep. I was going to keep a running tally. Oh, this, okay. Uh, and he wanted to change the uh, so-called natural order of things. So he was only four foot seven. Uh, he had oh, red... these guys are so angry most of the time. He's going to end up killing somebody, isn't he? <laughs> he doesn't. Surprisingly not. Oh, uh, I don't they... believe it. I think you're yeah, going to M. Night... He, he was a pacifist. You're... I know, but you're going to M. Night me. And he's going to like... <laughs> I might. Something's going to unzip in him, and he's going to fucking... <laughs> that little man rage is coming out. Have you seen the video of the guy yeah, like in the, person in the donut store? Yeah. Where he's just like, bagel, don't tell me what to do. Women look down at me and snickered, like, out of nowhere. Just oh, that fucking dude, I watched. Um, and he's like, I'll fight you. And that guy just runs up and fucking decks him. You know uh, Sam Roberts? Yeah, I uh, saw some of that. Him and Jim Norton. Had uh-huh. thing. They had, like, a whole, they interviewed him a few times. Yeah. I had him on it. But then they had, like, a whole episode where they just talked about it. Like, And I, like, watched all of it because I, that dude is fucking crazy. That's like, how most of those little fellas are. <laughs> Okay, but not this guy. This guy's the what do they say the the one that the something that proves the something. The yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't even think. Me of, and you got I, it. I can't even think of it because you got me. Uh, <laughs> I got some, you. The something to the rule. What the hell? You ruined yeah. my brain. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. So I can't talk and think. Okay? That's how I am. I'll, I'm an enforcer, not a thinker. Okay. Uh, he had like a he had a big head, um, you know, like in proportion to the rest of his body. Oh, he wasn't egotistical. <laughs> right, okay. Right. No, like in proportion to his body, he had a okay. He had a large head. Yeah. Uh, he had a very like very big chest. Uh huh. Barrel Just chest. Barrel giving chest. You a, giving you an idea of what this right. little, little dude looked little like. Little willow. Uh. Uh. He had like a kind of a smaller body, and then he had a really super slender legs. Oh! So there's a painting of him that kind of got famous, but like you can see the painting, like yeah, odd little fella, top heavy, a little top heavy. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, in his time, he was uh, or he may have been the most radical person on the planet. Uh, he Man, helps. remember like the nineties? He'd be like, "That's radical," <laughs> and not like what now, the kind of this like, radical is. Yeah, he uh, can kind of help us understand like what uh, was politically and morally possible in the first half of the eighteenth century, and what may, may be possible now. He boycotted slave-produced commodities and products. Uh, he, He's the first woke motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> his head's so big it woke him up. He is maybe like one of the first like woke. Hell yeah! Uh, which is kind of my point of doing this. Okay. A little bit. Okay. Um, but he uh, he pioneered the politics of consumption and initiated a tactic that would become central to the ultimate success of abolitionism, uh, and one that still motivates global movements against abuses like sweatshops today. Like this dude was very outspoken oh, against. Like, what was his name again? Benjamin Lay. Benjamin Lay. So he was born. In 1682, wow! In Essex, a part of England, uh, then known for textile production, uh, it was also known for protests. Little and- did they know what he would grow to become. Little, little. <laughs> they know. Oh, little. They they didn't know. Uh, England I mean, was also known at the time for he's protests radically woke though and religious radicalism. So he was a third generation Quaker and would become more fervently dedicated to the faith than his parents or grandparents. In the late nineteen or late sixteen nineties, uh, as a teenager, he left his parents' cottage to work as a shepherd on the farm 
uh, for his half-brother in eastern Cambridgeshire. Uh, when the time came for him to begin life on his own, his father uh, kind of got him hooked up with this dude uh, and let him be an apprentice to this guy. This guy was a master glover. Oh, like he just made gloves. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, ooh, hands. Hell yeah, that sounds awesome. He uh, had a hand job. He uh, Basically, he yes, had a hand job. He had a hand job. He got his, he got his first hand job. <laughs> uh, his, his dad arranged it. <laughs> <laughs> but he got it from a he, but he was getting it from a master. So, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, a master hand job you can't beat that. <laughs> you can't. Uh, so he had loved being a shepherd. Like try he, to beat it. <laughs> try to beat a master trying. hand job. Hand job. He tried. Oh he loved God. being a shepherd. That was what he dug. That it was peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he hated being a clover. Wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> His hand job's getting, I'm getting too old for this shit. So he forfeited uh, his uh, right to any family inheritance and moved to London to become a sailor in 1703 at wow. age 21. Uh, for the next dozen years, he lived alternately, alternately in London and at sea, where for months at a time he shared cramped quarters with multi-ethnic fellow workers, uh, cooperating within a strict hierarchy beneath a captain with extreme powers of discipline. Uh, and they would, you know, move ships and their cargoes around the world. So this experience, um, which he heard plenty of stories about the slave trade, you know, at this time, uh-huh. he'd hear different sailors and stuff like about it. Uh, it made him, like... And plus the different, like, people down the people that he went to where he was sleeping and stuff and staying. So this kind of, like, started his, you know, like, hey, this is bullshit. Um, so later in his life during... He's the- had it up to here. <laughs> Puts hand where my waist is. Puts hand four feet seven <laughs> in the air. Um, he was short. <laughs> that's the moral of this story. Yeah. He was a little guy. This is a long story just to say that he was some dwarf. Wow. <laughs> kind of like a hobbit. I figured this, short, this story would be a lot shorter. So anyways. <laughs> uh... He spent about 18 months uh, as a shopkeeper in on the island of Barbados. Man, that's straight out of a movie. And while he was doing that, he saw a uh, enslaved man kill himself rather than submit to yet another whipping. This is a Nicolas Cage movie, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I think there's a Nicolas I, Cage movie I where he goes. See Nicolas Cage be like, I can play a four foot seven <laughs> dwarf. No, he has to go to a store. The dwarf has helping Nicolas Cage. So Nicolas Cage is the enslaved man. Yes. I don't know if that's going to go over well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nicolas Cage will pull off some roles, yeah. but I don't know if that one's going to work. I mean, every, there's been different, all types of different. Like, uh, you're, you're in, gla- right. in Gladiator, your homeboy, Russell Crowe was a slave. You're right. I'm going to imagine that this time, though, this is not what we're talking about. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> I'm going to assume that's not what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, this dude. You've heard of Nicolas Cage, though. Uh-uh. <laughs> 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 who? No, I don't know who we were talking about. Uh so, yeah, that and uh, a lot of other things that he had um, seen in the British colonies uh, both traumatized him and drove his passion for anti-slavery. Um, he had some formal education. So he did have anger, he but, was, like, he, he was really good at channeling it. Channeling it in a positive way. So he know? may have been the angriest little fella ever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he found ways to channel it to try to help the rest of the world. Unlike us. The bagel shop fella could learn a thing or two. Maybe and if you're listening, bagel shop fella, yeah, maybe. 
I'll tag him in this. Uh, we can find like one thing in this room. Like, you want this? I'm like, yeah, I want it! <laughs> you because I'm little, I don't want it! <laughs> Women will fuck me. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> People laugh at me! Women don't uh, love me! Uh, so, uh, let me see here. I'm lost. <laughs> we started talking about the bagel ground. I got lost. Uh, so, he, uh, you completely lost me. He, uh, he, uh. Oh, so he ended up meeting a, uh, uh, he ended up, so he's in London. Um, he'd sailed to Boston to request a certificate of approval from the local Quakers to marry a lady named, uh, Sarah Smith. Oh, good for him. She, like him, was a little person. Um, wait, this guy's little? Jesus. Huh. But uh, she uh, was also a, uh admired preacher in the Quaker community. He was like a little bit of a... A uh, little bit? <laughs> a little bit of God damn it, Joel. A he little was, bit? He was a, he was a bit. He was a tiny bit. <laughs> tiny uh, bit. Like, people didn't really like him that much like yeah. in this community because he's like telling them... Really hey, vocal, yeah. But being the, <laughs> being the way you are. Yeah. Well, the way you are is wrong. So, you know. He was right, but uh, people don't like to hear that on the most, on the general, on the general. most part. If, if you're asking me, and I'm going to tell you without lies, you know, if you're asking me now, people <laughs> you know, like to be told that you're wrong. I mean, to be honest. To be honest, I don't think. <laughs> not to lie, but I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll be honest. But turns out Sarah, though, she kind of like, she had the same beliefs he did. Like, she was against yeah. all this bullshit. Um, so he gets approved. Woke uh, meet woke. Uh, he gets approved, and, uh, they get married, so... Who the fuck's approving this shit? Is there, like, a board? Yeah, you had to go to the oh, Quaker, wow. like, you had to go oh, and get approved shit. from the Quaker... I'm a Quaker and in my boots! Do <laughs> <laughs> you think they said that before? So, in two different areas, two different Quaker congregations in England, uh, disowned him, like, expelled him from being a part of it, because he just kept raising and causing shit. Yeah. Um, and then, uh... They finally moved to Philadelphia. Four uh, months, Shane. <laughs> you pulled <laughs> twice. They fucking found him twice. In March or March seventeen thirty two, they moved to Philadelphia. Uh, PA. They were looking forward to joining William Penn's holy experiment. Oh. Whatever that is, I did not take the time to look it up. Uh, they uh, they th- they thought, hey, we're going over to Philadelphia. We're going over to America. This is going to be like. Uh, you they know. get in a fight with a couple of guys. Well, they're, they're thinking like this is going to be a good thing. They get sent to West Philadelphia. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry, so then, I can't think of Philadelphia without <laughs> Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, at the time, Philadelphia was North America's largest city, and it included the world's second largest Quaker community. Uh, We've had the Liberty Bell by then. That doesn't matter. Go probably. on. I'm sorry. Um. Uh, and it was also like very. Uh, it's you like know, that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they were back in time. Uh, they said the podcast episode about that episode. Oh, cool. About that one. Uh, a lot of the members of this were like very wealthy, though. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia, I could see the biggest city, sure. When they moved, when they when Benjamin moved from England at the time, uh, the amount of slaves there was actually starting to get very low. Like slavery was yeah. beginning to starting to begin to be like rare in England. When he gets to Philadelphia. Uh, it's back. Like, you know, hey, we're back in, like, uh, there's all kinds of fucking slaves yeah. and shit now again. So now, once again, he was a little fish in a big pond. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, if you wanted to say it that way. Just a little swimmer. <laughs> uh. Where he'd become the big fish in a little pond. He hopped a pond. 
became the little fish in the big pond. You ever ponder that? Well, you keep going. <laughs> That's it. Okay. I'm done. So I uh, already enforced it. He would see, uh, you know, he started seeing enslaved men and women all over the place. Uh, and he would, uh, get pretty, started getting pretty angry. Um, so, so, man so, so after arriving in Philadelphia, he befriended a dude named uh, Ralph Sandiford. Uh, this guy had published an indictment of slavery over the objection of the Board of Overseers three years earlier. So he's like, fuck you guys, I'm publishing anyways. Yeah. Uh, only like five people can publish a book right now. So, you know, good luck stopping that. <laughs> uh, Lay, uh, the, he was kind of uh, unhealthy at the time, though. Um, he'd recently moved to Philadelphia to a log cabin. Um just to get rid of, like, to get escape, like, people that were kind of out for him since he published this, yeah. you know, these new ideas. Uh, I mean, it's like what that Stuart Huff uh, would talk about, you know, like, people publish these ideas and get fucking killed and for them sometimes. Oh, I mean, shit, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Ben kind of became friends with this guy, like, spent, um, he would spend a lot of his time, like, visiting him on his deathbed, because this guy, you know, when he met him, this guy was, like, already yeah. dying. Uh, and, uh, uh, it kind of like led him though to start his own writings. So he kind of took after this guy. Like he started yeah. writing stuff. His mentor. Um. So he began to stage public pros- prostitutes. I don't know what I was going to say there. Lay began to stage public protests. Oh man! I was like, well, all right, all right. To, this is where it turns. Uh, he was hoping to like make these protests so shocking that uh, the groups would like be become aware of their own moral failings. Like, spoiler alert, they're not going to. Yeah. Um, he, He's like, uh, if I push really hard, that's when people will be like, okay. <laughs> we get it. Yeah. <laughs> so conscious of the hard exploited labor that went into making commodities such as tobacco and sugar, he showed up at a Quaker yearly meeting with three large tobacco pipes stuck in his bosom. Uh, those were his boobs. Okay. Okay. He sat between... I wonder if he thought of his butt. If he like was like, can I fit? Should this I, yeah, should I there? like stick him out of there and like waddle backwards I'm betting up to since it? He had like little thin legs. He probably had a little tiny butt too. Yeah. So he probably has more room in his, in his it boobs. Does him, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> so these Man, are the real. Be a fly on the wall. <laughs> uh, you would have to be very high up on the wall. Uh, <coughs> he sat between the galleries of men and women, uh, uh, elders, the you know the elders of it. As the meeting came to an end, he rose in. Silence. What they didn't even see him the whole time until he rose. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, and he quote dashed one pipe among the men ministers, one among the women ministers, and the third among the congregation assembled. What which, do you think dash means? So he's just like throwing them. With each smashing blow, he protested slave labor, luxury, and the poor health caused by smoking the stinking so- uh, tobacco. He sought to awaken his brothers and sisters to the politics of the seemingly most insignificant choices. So he's thinking, like, if I hit, if I throw shit at these people, yeah. they'll come around. Yeah. They'll, they'll think, it's going to hurt me a whole lot more than it's going to hurt them. They'll wake up. That is some little man rage. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, another time when winter rolled around, he, uh, yeah, they got a ton of snow. So he took advantage of the snow to make a point. On a Sunday morning, uh, he stood at the uh, entranceway to the Quaker meeting house. Um, he had left his entire right leg uh, and foot uncovered. 
uh-huh. you know, and it's a bunch of snow, and he shoved it down in the snow, like his bare naked leg down in the snow, and uh, people would be like, you know, you need to quit doing that. It's gonna like you're gonna get like frostbite or yeah. something. And he would reply with, "Oh, you pretend compassion for me, but you do not feel for the poor slaves in your fields who go all winter half clad." So you know, just trying to make some points. Right <laughs> there. Uh, he also began to disrupt Quaker meetings. Um, he He's would, been expelled, bruh. He would give no. He's uh, like the Zach Morris, fucking Quakers. How so? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> just always being unruly? Yeah. Yeah, always getting up to shenanigans. Going against authority. Uh, he would go to these meetings, and any time any of the uh, Quakers would get up to speak, you know, if they were slave owners, he would stand up and yell out, uh, there's another slave master. So, like, just keep yelling over these people yeah. and pointing them out. It'd be like in politics now. I, mean, I don't know how the fuck else you get changed, but I guess... At least he's trying. Uh, so, ministers and elders of the community had it removed from one gathering after the other. It'd be he's so just, easy to remove He's them. just always getting drug out of these yeah. things. Um, <laughs> They're like, hey, 12-year-old Timmy, get him. They even at one point uh, appointed a uh, constabulary. Like, a uh, remember when uh, Baron Corbin was the constable? <laughs> yep. So, basically, they appointed Baron Corbin, constable. Finally, Corbin. Baron Corbin has a fucking... <laughs> Meaning and point yes. to life. So he was the one that was supposed to keep Benjamin out of the things. And, uh, you know, so this guy's basically just there all year round. I just see Benjamin Cor- or Baron Corbin fight a little person. Yeah, he'd lose. <laughs> I'd uh, lose. Uh, yeah, this guy's only job was to keep this dude out of meetings um, in Philadelphia, and that didn't work either. They um, became best friends? <laughs> I wish that was the way the story went. Oh, my God. That'd be the best. Uh, one of the times, uh, you know, Baron Corbin tosses this dude out in the street. It's a rainy day. He uh, immediately walks back to the main door of the meeting house, and he lays down right it's in front of It's a cartoon. Of the- what is happening? He lays down right in front of the door in the mud, uh, which made every person leaving step over his own, like, his body. Yeah. So, like, he was going to make them, like, step over him. do something, step over like, shitty. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody just was like, oh, okay. tired of his shit. Yeah, like, I'll step over you. Uh, he ended up leaving probably because of all the conflict. Uh, him and Sarah left Philadelphia by the end of March 1734 and moved eight miles north, which back then was probably like a hell of, you know, and plus little legs. Kia's weren't around back then. Kia's weren't around. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, little, little tiny legs. Uh, oh, man, could you imagine Sarah when that motherfucker got home at night? <laughs> He's just bitching about stuff. Yeah. She's like, yes, I get it. She's like, oh, not again. It's all awful. <laughs> it's like, you know, you. living with one of us. Yeah. <laughs> just like, everything sucks. <laughs> uh, they moved eight miles north to the town of Abington. Eight mile? Eight mile. Damn. Uh, they had to get a, to move, this shit's crazy back then. To move, they had to get a certificate from the Philadelphia Monthly Meeting stating they were members in good standing to present to the local Quaker meeting in their new home. Like, so if you're part of this Quakers, you couldn't just like... Move they to, love meetings. You couldn't just move to like a new area and be Fuck. like, hi, I'm also a Quaker. Do Quakers like sell meeting equipment too on the side? Like know. that's how that fucking shit... It's like a pyramid scheme, you know? It's like you want to open up a, pa- a Quaker chapter? I need a Quaker table. We can try. <laughs> you got to get some Quaker chairs. Uh, We're going to have a lot of meetings. To get the, the letter though, uh, unfortunately... Um, you know, he hadn't really made a lot of friends, so uh, most of the letters that showed up to the new leader guy, 
of the community were pretty negative. Um, did not give Benjamin much uh, hope, which I think I would think you'd be like, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> like you, you have him. Um, so they end up having to. We don't want him to go, but he can. They end up having to like challenge uh, the to be able to move. So they had to like, yeah, like a physical challenge. Like uh, the uh, other, the people that he had pissed off basically challenged his move. Like they don't want it, so they want to like be able to like to protest it. A little turning of the yeah tables there. So during that challenge, you think, like you say, you think they just want him gone? You think just get yeah, get him out of our fucking hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during that challenge, the Philadelphia Monthly Meeting went out of its way to note that Sarah was a member in good standing, um, while he while Benjamin was not. She's a good girl. Um, she's a good girl. He he's, is not. According to these people, he's yeah. not a good boy. Yeah. Uh, he's not part of the good He's boy a rabble club. rouser. You know yeah, what I mean? Nobody okay. likes a rabble rouser. Uh, this judgment would be a source of lifelong bitterness for Benjamin, especially after Sarah died of unknown causes in late 1735 after being married for 17 years. For 17 years. Um, uh, it may have been her death that prompted him to take his activism into print. Uh, which ended up setting in motion his biggest confrontation yet. By the way, uh, I forgot to mention this: the uh, Benjamin and his wife lived in a cave. Forgot to mention that part. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just lived in a cave, like not a house or anything. Just they found a nice cave. Yeah, a nice cave. He was the cave captain. <laughs> he was the cave captain, the CC. Uh, but apparently, he had like built like uh, inside this. It's still there if you go yeah. to this area. Uh, inside it, he had like a big library. Um, like they made a home out of it, but just hilarious to me that, you know, love this angry, it. love little, made it a home, this angry little guy that like is fighting all this shit, just, <laughs> a troll that lives in a cave. cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they won't let him move. Like, fuck no. You are, that's why I don't want him to move. Like, fuck you and your cave. For two years, he cave spent much captain. of his time writing a strange, passionate, uh, captain cave, uh, book called All Slave Keepers That Keep the Innocent in Bondage. Uh, the book makes, uh, it's like a pretty weird written, he doesn't have like a... He's living in a cave, yeah. what do you expect? Uh, There's no light, there's no electricity, I don't think. He knew that the board of overseers would never approve his book. <laughs> I think, I don't know, electricity came out. So he, uh, to get it published, he went directly to a friend of his, uh, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, there to him. Yeah. So what uh, cave did he live in? He lived. Yeah, he had a bigger cave. I wonder if that guy disappeared for a while, and there when he cares, like, what cave have you been hiding in? And that's where that saying came from. <laughs> Maybe because he was known up for living in caves. Maybe like he worked on that book for a while, then he showed back up and like, holy fuck, little guy, what cave have you been hiding in? He's like, I'm too bad. Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh. Franklin published the book in 1738. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Franklin. And it became like one of the like first... He he did shit, right? He invented electricity? Or was that Edison? Edison, I Edison. think. Okay. Yeah. Franklin, he did some stuff. <laughs> Didn't he? He did. What'd he do? Uh, was he president? He was not. <laughs> he's, the one, he's on a bill, though. He is on a bill. But he's like, it's no, all about the Benjamins? Everybody that... thinks he's a... President. So that's his contributions. It's it's all about the Benjamins. Is Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, why he's reduced to my te- brain. Technically, you're right. Uh, he's a founding father. Oh, founding um, father. Uh, what did he find? 
the fa- you found you that found little a, guy, that little guy's book. He founded things. <laughs> uh, he was like, I know he was like one of the first dudes. To like, I want to start finding stuff. I want to be a founder. He was a printer and a publisher. Um, he was just an important dude in history. Did he invent the the printing press? No. Was that was that Einstein? Or Edison? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? I mean, he's up. Uh, I'm gonna take the enforcer off this jacket and put up the printer. He was like a postmaster. Um, he was, you know, he he did some things, man. It's all like, about the Benjamins. He just wasn't a president. Everybody okay. thinks he was a president because he's, right. he's on a bill. All right. Um, oh, fuck me then. But he's friends with this guy. <laughs> he's friends with this guy. And he published, I got that little bit of rage now. He published this book that becomes like a uh, founding text of like anti-slavery and abolitionism. Uh, and uh, Benjamin Franklin would like regularly visit Benjamin, or, or Benjamin Franklin yeah. would regularly visit Benjamin Lay. Lay. Um, after Lay had become like a big time hermit, you know, if you live in a cave, yeah, only matters time. <laughs> yeah, it's not, no one's coming over. No. You're not like, hey, do you want to come over next Tuesday? Now You're the like time. to the cave. You know, like now they're friends, they're boys. Yeah, uh, you know, Franklin hooked him up by publishing his book, but Franklin at the time owned a slave by the name of Joseph. And uh, by 1750, he owned two more slaves, Peter oh. and Jemima. Oh. So Benjamin Lay was like... Didn't read that about him on the internet, did you? Well, Benjamin Lay's like, hey, you know, what the fuck, man? Like, like, did you read my book? Yeah. And he's like, hey, you know, justify it for me. Like, if you can justify why you do this. Um, I read a book about it. You published it. So a few years later, uh, Franklin um, drafted a new will, which, I mean, okay, so like... Franklin does like they. When I first read this, they try to frame it like, look, look what he did. Like, applaud him. So he he writes this new will, and in it he promises Peter and Jemima that they can be free after his death. Like, just let him go. Yeah. What, like, look. Maybe hire as, him as soon as I don't need you anymore. Uh huh. You're free. Yeah. But until then, that's our contract. I'm gonna need you to <laughs> do all. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that would just like up. Their like drive to kill you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're like, oh, so once you're dead, yeah, I'm we're out? yeah, we could, okay, <laughs> interesting. Are you tired? Yeah. See you, uh... Well, what's that over there? Yeah, right over there. What is? You it? ever just randomly turn your back, like, <laughs> and, you know, and look at the sky for a long time? Just give me like ten minutes. Yeah, I gotta go get something. You look up there. I'll be right back. Uh, so uh, let me see here. Uh, he there changed. was. What'd you say? He changed his will, if you will. Yeah, there's another time where he, uh, there's this, he's in his cave, and not too far from his cave, there's a... He's in his cave. There's a uh, family that lives, like, a in, raccoons? A, in, a, in a house. Oh, is, like, oh, okay. You know. A family in a house. Yeah. And, the family uh, raccoons is the other way in the cave. Yes. Gotcha. They had a, uh, a young slave child um, working for them, uh-huh. and uh, they also had their own kid. So... Ben's pissed about them having a slave, right? <laughs> Especially it being like a kid. Yeah, like you know, bad enough that you guys. Have... I don't mean to laugh, but just that, <laughs> just thinking that little guy pissed. <laughs> yeah, just I can just see him sitting their arms crossed at the top of yeah. the, at the end of his cave, looking down the house, being like, yeah. "Nope." <laughs> Which he should. He uh, should. Yeah, of course. But he's a little fellow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, damn it. So he sees this shit and he's like, "Yeah, no, I got to do something about this." So because he even said to them a few times, like. So we buried down to the ground and tunneled <laughs> like over like to the gopher? house. Yeah. No. 
Uh, he had said to them a few times, like, you know, hey, don't you think, like, their parents might, like, this kid's parents might yeah. come back? You have a kid. Do you yeah, not, you like, assholes. Yeah. So what he does one day is, uh, and it's borderline creepy, but uh, he sees the, the their kid out playing one day, and he goes up and, you know, starts talking to him, and, you know, he's the same size, so, like, that kid's probably like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, this is just a weird kid. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, hey, you want to come back, hang out in my cave? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the kid, you know, he's like, I got things I can show you. So, you know, this kid. And no one's like, taught kids not to go right. with strangers yet. Yeah, fuck no. And again, he's the same size. So the kid's like, you got a cave and what, stuff? What, what toys did you have at the cave? Yeah. So they go back to the cave, and like the whole day. I don't want to be Captain Cave anymore. So the whole day, uh, the kid's parents are freaking the fuck out. Like, they're search parties, you yeah. know. And he basically the Why whole Why would you start at a cave if you you're think, doing a search you think party? If there's a if there's a person that lives in a cave right up the road from you, yeah. very first place you're looking. Like, hey, my kid's missing and we don't know where the cave. Like just say less. <laughs> yeah. Say less. Your kid's missing. Go to the cave. Go to the cave. So the whole time he has the kid in the cave, like they're having a good time. Like he's just like he's <laughs> the kid in the cave. He's showing him books. You know, he's like showing him random little shit he has. Like, he's like this this <laughs> Like, he just, he entertains them. Like, yeah. it's, it's nothing, like, he doesn't. Oh, like, I know, but know, I mean, yeah. I, I just want to make it clear that he doesn't, like, do anything to the kid. <laughs> like, this little elf is really friendly. But, you know, he gets, the, the parents are, like, freaking the fuck out, and uh, they get the whole town searching or whatever, and he finally takes the kid back yeah. to the parents, and, you know, then he, like, tells them, like, there, now you know how it feels. <laughs> so, like, to make his point. Like, and the parents were like, you're right. I don't know if that happened. I uh, doubt it. Uh, but, like, nothing happened to him either. Like, uh, there wasn't, like, a rest for kidnapping. Or, like, <laughs> he scrambled back to his cave. I guess he technically didn't kidnap the kid. Like, Yeah. But, yeah, like, so to make points, this dude was just like, I don't give a fuck what I got to do. Jesus. Uh, so, he, uh, um... In 1738, he was the last of a very few Quakers disowned for protests against slavery. Uh, he still attended worship services and argued about the evils of slavery. He was like a big, I mean, he was super into God and religion. Yeah. And like, uh, and he would usually I mean, say. What else was there back then? Right. But he would say, like, you know, if we're all supposed to be um, the children of God and serving uh, God and everything, what are we fucking doing? Like, why we're are going we... against all these principles. Yeah. And, so he kind of, you know, he hated that, like, this religious... You wouldn't enslave your brother. Yeah. Your blood brother, so we call um, you blood brothers. And if we're all children of God, yeah. So yeah. Um, he also began to build a, rev a new revolutionary way of life. Uh, he built his own home um, near a, a, a fine spring of water. Oh, he, he got said, out of the cave. No, no, this is the cave. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, it's by water. This was, like, after he gets exiled. You all know? right, yeah. So he... Uh, <laughs> No, no, he no. basically finds this like cave because he's and uh, and he makes it like a little cottage. He lines the entrance with stones, uh, creates a roof with with sprigs of evergreen. Um, the cave had a ton of room in it. Um, he had, a, like I said, he had a big uh, library. He had like yeah. a little thing that he could like uh, make his own clothing and stuff. Um, he nearby he planted apples, peaches, and walnut trees. Uh, had a bee colony a hundred feet long. I had to plant a pizza tree. <laughs> he cultivated potatoes, squash, radishes, and melons. Uh, he lived a very plain, simple lifestyle. Um, he only ate fruits and vegetables, drank only milk and water. Uh, basically, a nearly 
pretty much a vegan two centuries before the word was even invented. Yeah. Uh, because of the... Wow, dude, he's a woke vegan. Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, in I the, bet he's fun at parties. In the 1700s. Yeah, I bet he was a blast at parties. <laughs> uh, since since animals were God's creatures, he refused to eat any, like, you know, meat. Um, again, he made his own clothes in order to avoid the exploitation of the labors of others. Damn. Um, in addition to boycotting all commodities produced by slave labor, Lay, uh, by his example and his writing, challenged society to eradicate all forms of exploitation and oppression and live off the innocent fruits of the earth. In 1757, when he was 75, his health began to deteriorate. Uh, his mind remained clear, his spirit was fiery as ever, but he gave up his habitual long hikes and just stayed home, tended to his garden. Um, the following year, uh, a group of Quakers brought new, or news was brought to him that a group of Quakers, Quaker reformers, had undertaken an eternal purification campaign, calling for a return to simpler ways of living. He's like, I live in a cave. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> Stricter church discipline and a gradual end to slavery, all to appease an oh. angry God. Uh, now, Lay was told the Philadelphia yearly meeting, after much agitation from below, had initiated a process to discipline and eventually disown Quakers who traded slaves. Uh, Slaveholding itself was still permitted. It would be for another 18 years. But, uh, you know, maybe because of him. Yeah. The first big step toward abolition had been taken in the Quaker community. The first uh, big step? One small step <laughs> for Quakers. Yeah. One giant leap for Benjamin Lay. With because the little legs. It's not, you know. He does sound like a badass dude. Any step, really. But he's, he's just, he's so after he's told that slaveholding is, you know, whatever, he, uh, um, says he raises you know he he sits there for a second thinks about it like uh and then he gets up and he says uh thanksgiving and praise be rendered on the lord of god and then he says i can now die in peace and not too longer after that he dies oh so like he kind of feels like he achieved his goal there's no murder no no murder like i said just the dude that um cool dude so basically like and one of the reasons i really like the story is like you know because now all we hear is like uh the woke left is yeah and people act like it's this new fucking... What's been going on with this guy? This shit's been around for so long, like... 1700s. But they're trying to frame it as, like, it's a new thing that's ruining America. Yeah. So, yeah, this dude was, like, the one of the first, like... I mean, it's so hard to do, like, be one of the first people to, like... <laughs> In the 1700s. Yeah. That's... It's insane to me. Uh, if you're around then, what do you think you would think... I... Would you just go along with it? I mean, you don't know because you're not in that. Would you be like, what? Slaves? I don't need a slave. I can do that shit. Oh, you mean like if I was yeah, alive yeah, that time? Yeah, if you were alive that time. I would hope I wouldn't. Would like, you be a little Benjamin Lay? He'd be a big Benjamin Lay. Be a big Benjamin Lay. <laughs> yeah. Hell of a guy. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I inherently think like. Fucking lived in a cave? Yeah. That's pretty cool, I think. <laughs> I like a cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. I just kind of want to talk about a cool dude from history. I like um, it. So, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. I like it. <laughs> this is Blake Tornado from the Interdimensional Quartet of Riff Writing, Hergorana Given, Ball Dwelling Sons of Satan, Triceratops. If you bust filled flesh sacks want to do something besides doom scroll your Facebook all day and regret every decision you've ever made in your life. Go to Anchor.fm and listen to Between the Horns and Under the Cushion. Not to be confused with Between the Sheets and Under My Meat, 
which stars me and all your mothers. And if you have a stunted intellect, let me help you out. Take your dumb little fingers, press on the little pictures on your personal government tracking device, and type Triceratops. Find us or we'll find you. We are back. I don't like it. Are you sure? I don't know. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. I like it. <laughs> All right, there we go. I thought so. Okay. So, uh, yeah, crazy shit happening in Idaho. Uh-huh. Um, we rarely talk about old thing. Yeah, we've only talked about one other unsolved case um, on the show. Well, there's been, like, I mean, the very first episode was unsolved. But yeah. Like, unsolved, like, uh recent and that one thomas brown the football player in texas right yes. bam Good job look at you i like it i your, don't like that look at your memory yeah uh don't ask me anything else about the case uh I'll yes. run. so this is like happening now i mean yeah. uh a few weeks ago um four people actually november the night of november 12th so uh less than a month ago yeah this takes place uh University of Idaho. Uh, the Potatoes? Is that their mascot? I don't think so. Uh, uh, what if you're a potato? Um, potato My mom calls them potatoes. potatoes. Not potatoes? Not potatoes. Pota- potatoes. Potatoes. In Colorado. You got them goddamn potatoes. Potatoes. Uh, she doesn't say GD. She should. I, I'll Feels good. Her. I'll tell her. Feels, Feels good! good. <laughs> Police investigating the brutal murders. Uh... Police are investigating the brutal murders of four University of Ohio students. Uh, so, uh, on the night of November 12th, Kaylee Goncalvis, Katie G, Katie, Kaylee G, Kaylee, G. and Madison Mogan spent the night together at the Corner Club on Main Street in downtown, oh, it's in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, but that's still America. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yes, Moscow. Uh, they were best friends. They arrived. <laughs> How dumb do I think you are? <laughs> they arrived at the corner club around 10 p.m., stayed until around 1.30 in the morning. Uh, they walked back down the street to Main Street to a red brick building that used to host the now-defunct Garden Lounge, a favorite food truck, uh, the Grub Wandering Kitchen, um, often parks outside on that Main Street. Uh, they're captured on Twitch footage. At the food truck. Uh, there, they ordered pasta carb- carbonara, laughed, and chatted with other students. After getting their food, they got a lift home from a private party, um, like a car service. Uh-huh. Um, returned to their home on King Road around 1.56 a.m. Back at the house, they uh, both made multiple calls to um, Kaylee's long-term ex-boyfriend, Um <sighs> Ten calls were made between 2.26 and 2.52 a.m., but none of them were answered. Uh, Vic, From them to the ex-boyfriend. To the ex-boyfriend. Okay. Uh, they're believed to have died around 3 or 4 a.m. So, like, if the last call was made at 2.52, they could have died at any point, like, wow, pretty soon after. Hour. Yeah. Um, so, that's kind of the, uh, hold on. But there's four kill total, right? Wasn't there two guys yeah, yeah, killed yeah. too? Well, I'm getting to the. Uh, All right. I forget my. I forget where the timeline went. Um. I don't know. Okay, here we go. God, we so scary on campus right now. 
uh, I guess there's like uh, just like constant calls being made in. Like anytime anybody sees like anything suspicious, they're yeah. like reporting it. And like, um, hold on, I close that screen for some reason. Here we go. So, uh, let's back up a little bit. So Saturday, November twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. Uh, 2.30 p.m., Kaylee calls her mother and tells her that she and Maddie were at the Pi Beta Phi party the night before. some point on the November 12th, uh, a dude named Ethan attends the Betty Ball, an event at his... Well, first of all, let's figure out the f- four names of the victims. Um, we're so good at this. Uh, Kaylee Goncalves, 21. Her roommate and lifelong best friend, Madison Mogan, 21. Uh, another roommate, Zaina Kernodal, 20. So those are Zayna boy. Those girl. are all three uh, women. Okay. And then uh, Zayna's boyfriend, Ethan Chapin, age twenty. Uh, so that's Damn, those three, are the four victims. Okay. So I thought it was two and two. I haven't looked a lot into the story. Yeah, I just, three like, three ladies and one guy. Um, so at some point, on November twelfth, Ethan attends the Betty Ball, an event at a sister sorority, uh, Kappa Alpha Theta, as his sister's date. Like you know, just. Going yeah. uh, 8 p.m. They arrive at a fraternity party. Um, 9 p.m. Ethan and Zayna leave the fraternity party. 10:15 p.m. Kaylee and Maddie are picked up from their home. 10:20 uh, p.m. Kaylee and Maddie arrive at the corner club, like we talked about. Could you imagine going somewhere at 10:30? Fuck. <laughs> That's what. So uh, getting off track a little bit. Yeah. Last night, um, uh, on their way to. I think on the way back from your show, uh, me and um, my lady friend uh-huh. are talking about. Um, Woo! I forget how it got started, but we're talking about car clubs. Yeah, and, like how stupid they are, and like how. And I was like, yeah, they like I hate them, like certain. But I'm like, and she said, I'm like, yeah, hey, I really don't see. I used to see one in Mary all the time. I really don't see it anymore. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, come to think of it, like I don't ever see them around Vienna, Vienna or anything anymore. And then it hits me. I'm like, oh well, wait, I'm never out past like <laughs> yeah. seven o'clock. So these places are still open. Yeah, I was when like, you're I'm out. assuming those are still happening. I just don't ever. I'm not out that late. When we were doing our last story about the the guy Lay that like worked on a horse farm, you said or uh-huh. something. I was like thinking, I was like, I wonder if they like all meet with their horses like somewhere. <laughs> Just like <laughs> just talk, all stand around. Yeah, with their Probably. horses. Some guys have like crazy shit attached to the horse, like, like on the saddles. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, twelve a.m. Uh, Zayna speaks to her father on the phone. Um. Uh, the father says he thinks midnight was the last time. You know, he, so it's wow. according to him. Um. Based on the father's interview, it appears that he did not say that she told him. She was at home hanging out with her boyfriend, so she never mentions, you know, anything like that happening. 1 a.m., police believe the two surviving roommates, so there's those four, yeah, and then there's two other roommates in that same house, and they live. So, um... Were they attacked? No. Okay. So, police believe that they, those two had had returned home by about 1 a.m. They've both been, like, out in the community just hanging out, not together, though. 1.30 a.m., Kaylee and Maddie leave the corner club. 1.40 a.m. is when they Twitch. are caught on Twitch, yeah, after the truck. <laughs> Twitch. Um, that's how we do news now, yep. <laughs> different social media apps. 1.45 a.m., Ethan and Zayna are at home. Um, they just get home. 149, uh, Kaylee and Maddie call for a car to pick them up. 150, the car picks them up. 
the drive takes like five or six minutes, and they're home by 156. So 226, 244, Kaylee calls uh, her ex six times. And uh, then 244 to 252, Maddie tries to call the ex three times. So I don't know if it was like a thing, like, you know, if he's not picking you up. Yeah. Like, let's see, you yeah. know, is he avoiding you? 252, uh, Kaylee's phone makes a seventh and final call to JD. That's the ex. Um, so the coroner believes that the victims were murdered sometime between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. Um, police believe the victims were murdered, though, between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. So, like, that's police's guess. Coroner yeah. saying no, probably th- 2 to 5. Um, the coroner stated that the four victims were likely... The Idaho in November, I mean, it might be a little bit chilly in the house. I mean... Yeah, yeah. It's not like it was hot and body <clears throat> Uh The coroner stated the four victims were likely asleep. Some did have defensive wounds, though, and each was stabbed multiple times. Uh, no sign of any kind of, like, sexual assault or anything like that. What? How the fuck could you stab people without them yelling and... So, uh... Shortly before 11.58 a.m., so that the next, you know, the next morning, uh, the two surviving roommates wake up. Um, uh, let me see here. The surviving roommates summon friends to the residence because they all. Oh, so, uh, yeah, so they get up and they call friends because they think one of the victims is just uh, passed out. They don't realize that they're stabbed to death. Oh, apparently. so, According yeah, to they don't even. Okay, so they die so sometime they make a between call five, to friends saying, but they're not found until noon yeah, the until next they day. they wake up. Okay. And then these these roommates call other friends to be like, "Hey, they're we they're passed out. Like you should come over." Which is, I'm, when probably some blood. I'm a little suspicious of the roommates. Yeah. Um. So, 11:58 a.m. is when they're found. Uh, Moscow police receives a call about an un- unconscious person at the home. Shortly after 11:58 a.m., officers enter the residence uh, and found two victims on the second floor and two victims on the third floor. Uh, by All right, noon, well, that could be. I wonder if, like, the two victims... Well, I mean, two of so the, the victims girls, were probably in the same bed. The two girls were in the same bed. Kaylee and... Oh, okay. Um, uh, Morgan? Yeah. They slept in the same bed together. Okay. And then I'm assuming Zayna and... Yeah, they were probably in the same bed in together, In the same bed too. as well. Huh. Um, Damn. So, 12 p.m., all four victims are pronounced dead at the scene. Uh, between 5 p.m. and 5.30 p.m., uh, the coroner arrives on the scene. So... Uh, let me see. Let me get back to the police. Believe it's a targeted attack. Um, they don't really. They're not revealing why they think that though. Uh, they really don't have many leads right now. Um, they're not exactly sure if it's targeted. Um, they. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they're not releasing. At first, they said that uh, they believe there was no imminent threat to the community. But later did bring that kind of step back from that and said, uh, um, you know, that you should at least be, like, careful. Lock your doors. You know. Go travel in groups. Uh, police. Shit, I mean, these are people being in groups. Yeah. Well, this is apparently, like, a well-known party house. Uh, neighbors all said that, uh, like, every night it was just loud music, people yeah. in and out. So it was, like, you know, kind of, like, the place to go. Um, I mean, there had to... The cops may not be releasing it yet, but, like, if it was a robbery or something, things are going to be missing. Yeah, they haven't said anything about that yet. And if it's a robbery, why would you, like, go up another floor to keep, you right, know, like, if you're right. a robbery and you're interrupted and you have to kill two people, I think you'd get the fuck out of there. You wouldn't be like, well, let's go upstairs and check that. And unless the defensive wounds are on the last victim, like, no one, I mean, I guess if you're all, I don't know if everybody was drinking or not. 
Yeah. But like, you'd think somebody would hear out of six people in the house. Yeah. If like the first two victims are screaming, one of or them or fighting, you think somebody's hearing something. Yeah. Um. So the police have not released a motive or or profile of the killer yet. Um. Their guess is that uh, the attacker really wanted to kill all four of them. Um, they don't know the motive, though, or if there's any relationship to the victims. Uh, they basically said, like, you know, why would you go to the, to the – tr- if you only wanted to kill one person, yeah. why would you go to the trouble of killing four? You know what I mean? Like, if one person was the target – I mean, I've seen CSIs like that. Where they do it just to they, throw yeah, people – Yeah, because, you know, they kill all four, then, like, the real reason they wanted to kill the one person is kind of looked over, and that's a way to, like – just so that's a crazy-ass motherfucker that can just go and stab four people. Uh, they do believe that the killer or killers, because um, I kind of think it's more than Pow, one. Pow, mind blown. What if it was more than one? I, mean, I would think four people. You just screamed, moved, movied me. I do think it's more than one pe- person. Yeah. Um, that's probably something else I have. It's a different I mean, knife size wound. Just last though. episode, we talked about the, the four teens, the whole th- thrill kill shit. Yeah. I mean... This sounds like the same kind of thing, like yeah. you know. Um, he think the suspect they think is probably in their not in their late teens or early twenties because it's unlikely they could methodically think through four murders. They're probably middle aged. <laughs> probably medium. Maybe they're listening. Uh, if you're listening, don't do that shit again. If turn, you're listening, turn yourself in. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of episodes to fill the time. Once you get to jail, they'll let you listen. They said that uh, to you know four to kill four people in that short amount of time. Fuck. Would take a ton of energy, a ton of time, and a lot of focus. Yeah. To make it happen. Yeah. Another reason I think it's more than one person. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't even want to like think about like how fast you have to kill someone with a knife where they don't make any noise to wake up. But if you're by yourself, you know, if you're doing it one person without waking up the person in the bed. Yeah. And being able to go back and forth without one, yeah, it just doesn't make. Um, the two roommates that were in the house at the time survived. Uh, they likely slept through the attacks. At this time, the the room. I wonder were, where those rooms were. Were like on the same floor, the basement. You know, yeah. like those those two are not considered suspects at this time. Uh, uh, I think they were just fucking passed out. Right. Uh, like to pull the blankets down, stab them, then put the facility. Blood would be pretty visible. They said that uh, as to how the surviving roommates could have slept through the murders. Um, the killer would have had an advantage of surprise since the victims were likely asleep when he approached them. And the four victims may have been killed in such a way it was difficult for them to scream. Uh, which, I mean, you'd have to be super fucking quiet, like stealthy, yeah, quick. Yeah, really precise. Yeah. Like in the first scream, like Drew Barrymore gets stabbed. That's why he stabs her there in the back to keep her from yelling. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd have to be, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, police say all four victims were stabbed multiple times. Fuck. Probably all four were asleep when the attack happened. Uh, so, there is, um, the internet has jumped all over this. Yeah. Uh, and they are, you know, picking apart every single bit of news footage and uh-huh. every single. Uh, and today, yeah, today, like, you think a lot, there's probably cameras out there that I would think would show who's going inside now the house. So um, many ring cameras, and I don't know. The forensic, the first forensic test came back from the crime lab this week. This week, uh, they haven't confirmed whether or not DNA was found at the scene from individuals other than the victims of the two surviving roommates, though. Um, 
There have been media questions about a September 12th, 2022 incident regarding an argument between a group of people walking on the University of Idaho bike path and a cyclist. According to the Moscow police, the cyclist displayed a folding knife before the parties dispersed. Uh, there were no injuries, and the cyclist turned himself from the police. The police are saying there's no connection between those two at the time. They think that a fixed blade was used. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so nothing collapsible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, try to. So there's maybe a sixth person that lived in the home. Um, it's now being revealed. Well, so like, well, seventh. Not everybody lived in there though. Like, oh yeah, that's right. of the yeah. six Ethan that were there. Lived there. Um, so. On uh, yeah, the detectives were made aware of a six person listed on the lease of the residence, uh, but I do not believe that, that person was even present during the incident. Uh, the identity of that person is not been released yet. Um, uh, they don't know, like I said, they don't know if the, there was any kind of targeting going on here. Uh, the they have a, there is a suspect the internet likes. Um, there's this uh, dude that keeps showing up on, um, let me find his name real quick. Uh, where's he at here? We're not going to get sued if we say his name, are we? No, it's in the news. Okay. Sue me, sue me, sue me. Um, oh, shit, I can't find it now. So there's a dude that keeps showing up in all the news interviews. Yeah. Um, he's a neighbor. And uh, he's like creepy, or he's he's awkward as shit. Um, he like smiles at random times. He like can't like um, he doesn't like maintain eye focus a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he just seems like he like. There's one newscast footage where like it looks like he has like a bandaid on his hand, and people jumped all over that. Like, yeah. why do they have a band? You know, like. Yeah. Um, he's appeared on a few different news shows and saying like. Look, like I, I, I'm, I'm not the one that did it. Like yeah. I'm just an awkward guy. Like he did this whole interview of like a morning news show where he's like, I'm just an awkward guy. Like I'm not, I'm socially awkward. Oh, I thought so awful. But my thing is like, quit agreeing to the interviews. Yeah, why are you being interviewed? Yeah, because he's done. I like, feel like people feel like if someone's like, we need to put you on TV, they're just like, okay. He's done a lot of them. I was just like, no, I don't want to talk to yeah. you. And there's a lot of cases where the killer. Loves the fucking... Oh, sure. They want to help the police. They want to... Yeah. I mean, like, the... I think the BTK killer is the one that was, like... A lot of wrote letters to the media. You know, they yeah, just... Yeah. They want to be... Zodiac killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this guy keeps doing that, but he's always, like... You know, I've been in full cooperation with the police. Uh, he just, I think, today or yesterday went and um, gave DNA evidence. Um, <laughs> they didn't even ask for any. Right, like... He's like, you he think it's me? Take this! a bag of blood. Yeah. I'm a good Boy. Uh, DNA results come back. I'm a hundred percent good boy. So yeah, he's like a pretty big suspect. Another, um, uh, let me see. There was a rumor circulating online that the four victims have been bound and gagged. That was not true. Uh, oh, there's probably so many rumors online. Yeah, there's a big one um, that Zane, Zana, I think. Yeah, Zana. Ethan's old lady. So yeah, his old lady. Uh, so, just a couple days after, or a couple days before the murder, she was arrested um, for basically drug trafficking. Yeah. Um, oh. And there's a theory out there. She was going to flip, or had already flipped, and, and was going to testify. this was retaliation. That would almost make sense. 
because that would probably be a. But I still don't understand why they would kill the other two unless the other two knew about it too. Like they knew that. I mean, they could that unless they didn't know which ones were hers. Yeah. And they don't know about the two other people. Yeah. They're thinking like they only go to two rooms. Like maybe you said there's two of them in the basement. Yeah. So I don't know how many stories the house is. Sure. But like, yeah, if, you're probably not going to assume there's people like living in the basement. So you might like, they're not sure whose kid is hers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to kill anybody in the house. And there's probably two of them. I would say like if you're doing this kind of shit, there's like a hit. Yeah. You probably got two or three people. That does make sense with the drug. Um, it's the a, rest. you know, um, I, again, I think it's had to be more than one person. Um, I, oh, man, kill someone. I mean, that, that killing anyone is just crazy, but with a knife, like at least a gun, it's less like you're, you know, you're a little farther away. You're shooting yeah. people, but just not to stab somebody. That's why I, I don't know. Like I kind it's of, really, uh, it's really like personal. It feels like, and I kind of lean towards the random killing line of thought yeah like just some two people up, just yeah followed someone home and just fucked up people maybe and like they probably been at the parties yeah you know they probably knew the house it could be just that but i also think maybe this just the, the randomness I think maybe of the, the world. roommates are involved a little bit like i don't think they did it but i think that maybe they um heard tell something maybe a rain you know maybe oh, it was, yeah. so i don't know i could that could be completely could be off the, could be the drug trade yeah, but stay out of Idaho. It's something I uh, at work. I always like have a tab open with the news, and I'm refreshing it constantly. Seeing, but and now I get like constant updates on that because I've read so many of the stories. So why would you try to work at work? I refuse. Okay, no, I do. I, I tried. I work. I know um, you do. We'll uh, we'll keep. I know you do because your boss listens and you work so hard. Yeah. That's oh, all you talk oh, about. It's about he how knows. hard you work. He knows. He better know. You better know. You better know <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm definitely working and not yes. on, not reading news. Yeah. Okay. Just for the record. For the record. Uh, but yeah, voting so we'll, takes forever. I'm gonna keep up to date on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it will. We'll update as we go. Sure. So now that all the all the murders out of the way, uh-huh. you want to bring the show back up? Yeah. You want to hit the music? Hit it. Feels good, so good. So this is like a quick, uh, quick feel good. Okay. So West Virginia pride feel good. So West Virginia is one of three states where you can legal where it's legal to own what animal? Do you think there's only three states in the whole United States where it's 100 percent legal to own? Yes. A let me see. Only three states? Only three states. Tiger. No. A kangaroo. A kangaroo. You, we could have a kangaroo pet we tomorrow. Yep. Do you know the other... Guess the other two states that allow kangaroo ownership. Texas? Texas with the permit. Okay. There are, there's like ten states where count? you can get a kangaroo permit. No, because there's, there's two where you don't need a permit. Florida? Jim Justice will die before you have to have a permit to own a GRU in this state. Not Florida. Wow. Not Florida. In I Florida, know. They were, they were just owning them, whatever. <laughs> uh, we don't need no stinking permits. They don't even have, you can't, it's not even a permit issue in Florida. Give me you West just, Coast, East Coast. You can't have one. Uh, they're all West. East Coast. They're all East, Middle. Pennsylvania. Middle Eastern. 
North Carolina. I'm just going to name all these. <laughs> you tell me. All right. Uh, West Virginia, okay. South Carolina, okay. and Wisconsin. 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 So, like, if kangaroo loves that's cheese, what, they're the going to be, like, in heaven. Yeah. Ohio, you can do one with the permit. Pennsylvania. Vania? Pennsylvania. That's a weird word. If you're Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Maine. Texas. New Mexico. Nevada. Idaho. Was it a rue? Oh, shit. Kept the knife in his pouch. And Washington. Or I guess I'd just be the, the lady rue. And Washington. So if we had a kangaroo, if we got one. Nothing's, nothing's stopping us. Nothing. The only thing stopping us is us. What how much kangaroo? Let's see. Let's see what we need to do. How to purchase. Kangaroos are mean. You thought that little fella from the first door had rage. How to purchase a kangaroo. Like at the Columbus Zoo, they have it where you can walk like through this thing, and kangaroos are just like chilling in the grass. It's like they're that docile, but they're like, don't approach a kangaroo. Right. Well, I'm the same. We're, we're gonna don't hu- approach But me. we're going to hug them and love them and kiss them. Uh, they're adorable as little yeah. babies. Um. Whenever so, okay. If we were the podcast with kangaroos, I think that would really, we'd really take off. Give me a price, people. Yeah. Okay. We could uh, like carry things in his pouch. <laughs> Even though I think it's kind of mucusy in the, mucusy in there, and it would probably like our stuff well, would I get gross. Are, isn't it only like uh, the the female kangaroos that have them? Like, I think the, I wonder if they have them even when they're young or if it develops. How much? Like, are kangaroos attracted to the pouch? You're like, damn girl, look at that pouch! How much is that roux on the internet? Cost the one with the springy legs. West Virginia. Hmm. Twenty five hundred. The initial cost of getting a kangaroo is likely. Where'd it go? Six thousand dollars. Okay. Um, they're not domesticated. Uh, they're they're not bred to be tame and friendly around <laughs> humans. Um, this is all like West Virginians. They of course have powerful legs that can kick with great force. They yep. also have very sharp claws. Pack McAfee. Uh, they're also notoriously large and strong. Uh, they're quite mean. Oh, have you seen like the 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 ripped kangaroos oh, where it yeah. shows like pictures oh, yeah. of them like their muscles? Golly, what's up, bro? Yeah, what's up, bro? Say something now. What's up, bro? Say something. I'm like, if I saw a kangaroo, I'd give him my enforcer jacket. I'm like, okay, you're the enforcer now, kangaroo. Crikey, bro! Crikey! Uh, Say <laughs> so uh, they have honed survival skills or instincts, so you know they're probably gonna like fucking. They'd be good for like build drug like, traps and stuff for you. Uh, if I was like a successful drug dealer and had like way too much money, I'd buy a kangaroo and like have it as my security. Like what's that movie where uh, uh, Dustin checks in? That's a monkey. <laughs> That's a monkey. Yeah, Dustin checks in. No, there's a movie where like there's like a criminal dude and he's like you know super fucking rich and but he keeps a uh, uh, like a lion or a tiger or like a panther in his room and. I forget what the fuck it is, but he ends up like uh, the 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 good guy. Of the movie ends up like setting it free, like yeah. inside the bedroom with the guy and locks him in. Oh, and, um, foul room. 
So how much does it cost? Uh, $6,000. If you want to buy a kangaroo as a pet, be prepared to shell out some serious cash. A single pet kangaroo for sale can cost up to $3,000, and a baby kangaroo can be even more expensive. It may also be challenging to find a breeder since kangaroos are exotic animals. I definitely want a baby. You want them as young as possible. Yeah, you want to try to be like, look, we're good. We're cool. Don't kick me. Get my sins. If you do, the price may be higher than you expect. Uh, Additionally, kangaroos have a specific diet, and it costs around $9 per day to feed them. Uh, that amounts to an additional 3000 a year. In addition to the upfront cost of purchasing a kangaroo and feeding it, you also have to provide it with an enclosure. They traditionally roam the open spaces of the Australian outback. So I got a yard so in there. a lot of space. <laughs> uh, uh, and something that's built strong enough to withstand, like, you know, how fucking strong they are. Yeah. Uh, you also have to keep Look, in mind. Look, you're not talking me out of this. You also have to keep in mind the height. They can jump 15 feet. Uh, they could jump 15 feet forward and four feet high. Oh, wow. So good for them, <laughs> good for them man. Uh, uh, there are also costs for paying for vaccinations and other medical bills. Um, you're likely to exceed $6,000, uh, and the yearly costs after will exceed any benefits of taking on the kangaroo as a household pet. You know what? Don't tell me what to do. I feel like that, that whole story just doesn't want you to adopt yeah. the kangaroo. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I you need to find a story that's, like, uh, more pro-kangaroo. <laughs> like, for only $3,000, yeah, like, as little as $9 a day, you can have a kangaroo. I'd be a good kangaroo salesman. <laughs> you should. These maybe, bad boys can jump 15 feet forward and 4 doing. feet high. We become the kangaroo breeders. What if we could do, like, uh, in uh, uh, Get Out... Where we take put our brains in kangaroos, I like and it. then we can jump like that. We could be in the NBA tomorrow. Like it'd be hard to sit in chairs because of your tail. But I've also seen balance on that tail. Yeah, I've seen that in man. Kangaroos are fucking rough, dude. <laughs> I just saw something today online where kangaroos were fighting in the zoo, and the one like did the like push kick with the legs and kicked the kangaroo through the enclosement wall, and like the one that kicked it was just like bouncing there, like yeah. <laughs> Well, where'd you go, bro? <laughs> that weird wall fall jump, bro. <laughs> Kangaroos are fuck yeah, but that's a little West Virginia pride for you. Well, that's that's next good time good. someone shits on West Virginia, say, "Oh, I'm sorry." Unless they're can from, you have a kangaroo where you live? So unless they're from Wisconsin, or unless South they're Carolina. from Wisconsin or South Carolina, <laughs> yeah. But so you gotta, you, you, so you gotta ask first. Yeah. So if they start talking shit, where are you from? Yeah. Well, they're like the bad You're like, what? Oh, Arizona, huh? All right, then. Well, then. <laughs> Get up on your soapbox. Hey, Arizonian. <laughs> yeah. Do you own a kangaroo outright? Outright. I don't even know. Yeah, high. Even fucking high. They got to have a permit. Permit my dick, motherfuckers. I know Texas is like the, like has like the most, I think, tigers. Yeah, I can see that. All them rich fuckers. Yeah. It'd be weird to own something like that. Like, uh, you think it sounds awesome at first. Again, you got to think, what's the worst that could happen? Like, if you could only own it as like little... Adorable baby yeah, version. They can't really do much damage to you. Once the animal gets to be like a full grown fucking like. Killing machine? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> different. Like, you see people that get like baby alligators. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that is Isn't adorable. And they flush them down the toilet. Yes. And then that's they what. They too big. And then sharks. That's why sharks are made. Yeah. Sharknado. <laughs> yes. All right. So. You know, if you want to get a, if you're in, if you're listening to this and you're in West Virginia, go get yourself a kangaroo. Get us a kangaroo. Let us know about it. If you can get like a two for one deal, that'd be awesome. You could, we could put a kangaroo in this room. 
You might have to get rid of one or two wrestling figures to make room. And then you can have a kangaroo. I'll keep the Vader. I don't think the kangaroo. All right. All right. Yeah, I think they're good. I think you got a basement. Yeah, I do. And that Chill little out of here. Use your punching bag. Yeah, I can teach you how to punch and stuff. I'll teach you. Oh, it teach me. Yeah, we we learn together. There only be one set of footprints because I'm in his pouch. That'd be well, her pouch. Maybe. Don't fucking sexually sexually identify my fucking kangaroo. All right, okay. I apologize. Ooh. I need to be more like Benjamin Lay, don't I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me I got my, that. You, you, give, me that, you give me that little man rage. All right. Well, Joel's gonna go punch things. Yeah, I'm gonna enforce some stuff. You're gonna go do what? Enforce some stuff. Oh, okay. You have fun, Enforcer. Yeah. Anything? Any comedy shows coming up? Nope. Okay. But hopefully soon. You just make up some. I won't. Well, sure. I mean, Friday night, open mic you at the, the Monsters uh, Horde. You got the residency in uh, Vegas now. Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty cool. You're hitting up uh, Montana soon, I believe. Montana, yep. Yep. At the. Uh, I'm going to do a carnival cruise here in, uh, in February. Cup. Going out, going out. You know, hold two weeks on a carnival uh-huh. cruise. Yeah. Any good name for that carnival uh, cruise? Um. um the, the Carnival Cruise. Okay, good name, good name. <laughs> Come out to the Carnival Cruise comedy show yep. on the Carnival Cruise. Yep. That's it. I'll be there. All right, featuring Joel Gantz. Me and my kangaroo. I, you would make a great cruise comedian, I think. Because people can't leave? <laughs> They're like trapped <laughs> there with me? No, I just feel like that's good. I want you to do it just so you can, like, I could be, like, free cruise stuff yeah i would do it. i see a lot of there are some comedians that you know they get themselves booked on cruises you just get like free booze but like i've heard stories where like you stay down where the staff stays like oh, underneath the water there's no windows in your room i mean unless you look for the single ladies yep or all the, the single ladies or the married couples that are sure. into that shit upside down pineapple mm-hmm. yep you didn't you get the nice rooms yeah i was thinking of a tattoo idea uh-huh an upside a, a pineapple Swinging so high that they go upside down and put that on a flag. So that's, that's it's an upside down pineapple, which means swinging. And he's swinging, and it's on a flag, so it'd be my freak flag. I like it. Can <laughs> we make that for you? Oh, yeah, do it. <laughs> do that in the uh, set, the Shrek freaking Rollins. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's the thing that I originally do. You should bleep that out so people will be like, what did they say? Yeah, I can't have Let's a... build it up like it's not really, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Because I'm working on it. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's going to be such a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> I do want beeped out. I want people not okay. to know. Yeah. I mean, you got to wait. My bad. Wait My bad. Find out. My bad. Well, till next time. Uh, Cash and Joel, we are uh, now known, just so you guys know, oh, yeah. as the Beef Inspectors. The Beef Committee. Beef Committee, I'm sorry. <laughs> beef Committee. I mean, I'm going to inspect some beef later, if you know what I'm saying. But, I mean, that's part of our Beef Committee job, is Beef Inspector. That's right. You can be the Beef Inspector. Uh-huh. You know, and then I will have to think of something for me, as part of the Beef Committee. Oh, you can inspect the beef. I don't but, Okay, I'll be, I feel like I am the Beef Inspector. I'll come up with something else. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get it figured out by next episode. We'll yeah. figure out what our roles are. Yeah, I'm definitely the beef inspector. I yeah. like that. All right. Well, until next time, the beef committee out. out.